Hi, welcome to the Covenant Presbyterian Church podcast, a weekly broadcast of our Sunday sermon. Covenant Presbyterian Church is an open, affirming congregation, and we're so glad you found us. Our primary mission is to equip God's people to serve Christ in the world. In our weekly messages, we hope that you'll find inspiration, encouragement, and even challenge for your faith journey. Please listen with us now. Our Advent series, the theme is, There is Always Light. You may recognize that line from the poet laureate Amanda Gorman in her inauguration speech, in Joe Biden's inauguration. You may also recognize that she's picking up themes from the Gospel of John. And the reason that I settled, that we settled on this theme for Advent is all about what I'm going to tell you today. There is a book by a woman, a scientist and journalist, named Jackie Higgins that's called Sentient, How Animals Illuminate Human Senses. Has anyone else read this? Probably not, but I found it fascinating. And in this book, the author explores the extraordinary sensory powers of our animal friends to help us understand the same powers that actually lie dormant within us. So she's making the case that there are many other senses that we have access to. So of course there there are the big five that preschoolers everywhere can recite. You can hear, see, touch, feel, taste. But she also uncovers some hidden senses that we might see more clearly in our animal friends, but that we also have access to. For example, the sense of balance. She compares cheetahs and ballerinas. The sense of body awareness, which she compares octopi and Aristotle. There are some really fascinating chapters and some wonderful revelations. Did you know that humans can actually outperform dogs with the sense of smell in detecting some odors and that we could train ourselves to locate bakeries in the morning with just our noses? They've proven it. It's an experiment. So definitely, this book, Jackie Higgins' Sentient, it sheds light on the remarkable sensory abilities of animals and then prompts us to recognize our own untapped sensory potential. Now, in terms of light, our theme for the Advent season, her book highlights some really exciting developments. Some of you may already know this, but miles beneath the ocean's surface, there are various species of fish, and they have evolved in various ways to capture any and all light that makes its way down into the depths miles below the surface. The photon is the smallest particle of light, and there are fish 
out there, under there, maybe I should say, who have evolved to be able to see it. Maybe you know some of these tips or tricks of these deep sea fish. For example, the bioluminescent fish, whose organs produce their own light. It's a soft glow from specialized cells, and they can actually control those to create patterns or mimic their surroundings. And there is also this fact, deep sea fish have incredibly large eyes. They kind of function like satellite dishes to try to capture all the possible light that is around them. And the largest eyes known are the size of dinner plates and belong to the squid of the deep sea. And have you heard of the spookfish? The spookfish whose light tracking eyes have taken on this tubular shape so that it looks like there are two telescopes pointing out the side of the fish's head. And there's more, more ways that these deep sea fish have evolved. There's reflective layers behind the retina that help them trap the light. There's also the fact that many of them have shiny see-through heads and actually they burst when they bring them up from underneath the sea, but when they've recorded them in the depths with cameras, they see that these shiny see-through heads help them to capture all light. These biological changes, they're meant to give the fish their very best shot at getting even the smallest particle of light that makes it down into the photon-restricted environment of the deep sea. Now, we humans, we know that we do not have bulbous eyes or photoluminescent cells, but we are, studies prove, astonishingly sensitive to light. If you've been to the optometrist lately, you'll be reminded that we have within our eyes photoreceptor cells called rods and cones. Is that sounding familiar to anyone? Yes. They're located in the retina and they are responsible for detecting and converting light into the electrical signals that fire and are interpreted by our brains. Now, rods in particular are highly sensitive to light. Rods are what give us the ability to see in low light conditions. And if you ever turn off your lights at night or walk outside without a flashlight, you notice that you can see, and that's due to the rods. Now, did you know this? We actually have way more rod photoreceptor cells in our eyes than we do cones. Cones that help us see with light, that help us see color. There are many more rods in our eyes and they're more evenly distributed throughout our retina. So rods cannot see color, but we have seen through studies that they have been given through evolution, through biology, the ability to really amp up our ability to see, even in the dark. 
And there's even more than what I mentioned, the number of them and the way that they're distributed. They're actually given two neural pathways so that they have more chance of getting their signal to the brain and to optimize our vision under different lighting conditions. And they are actually coated with a pigment called rhodopsin. And rhodopsin apparently is even more receptive to light than the opsin cousins that are found coating our cones. So in all, our rod system, our seeing light in the dark system, it's around a thousand times more photosensitive than our other ways of seeing. In other words, our body is built to help us know there is always light. The passage from Isaiah today is a passage from the prophet. It's this portion of the text where Isaiah has moved from the warnings and the condemnations to trusting and comforting the people who have had a really hard time. They've been in exile, and they're only returning to the land, and it's changed, and they have endured much. And the prophet offers encouraging words in our passage for today. The prophet says beautifully, comfort, comfort my people. The prophet says God will speak, and you will hear God. The prophet says, God will move mountains and God will straighten uneven places. God will make a path to be present with you. The prophet says, comfort, comfort my people. God will act and things will be okay. The prophet says, God's glory will be revealed and all flesh will see it. It's a comforting word, this word from the prophet. But I'm grateful for scientific studies too, because in our technologically advanced age, they make me sound smart. And perhaps they prove something to those of us who are looking for more than the words of an old prophet who are looking for more than ancient stories of a well-worn faith tradition. Sometimes we need a few studies trotted out to understand what we have known deep within ourselves for thousands of years, a story that we have long told as gospel good news, but we might want to hear again. So back to our book. In 2016, a team of scientists at the University of Vienna took up an experiment to determine the bare minimum of light that a human could see. So they've proven that our rods are well equipped with all these evolutionary advances to notice light in the dark, but they have set out to prove it What is the smallest particle of light that a human can see? Could a human see a single photon? The element that makes up our world. So the lead scientist 
from the University of Vienna was a man named Mr. Vaziri, doctor, I'm sure, Dr. Vaziri, whose team developed a process to test how many of these photons a human could see, and this is how they did it. They developed a chamber about the size of a phone booth, and it took them a year and a half, and it was highly engineered so that not a single photon of light could get through. And then they connected somehow this phone booth to a light-emitting machine that would target whoever's sitting in that phone booth, the subject's eye, at this angle so that it was definitely targeting the rods, would impact the rods, which would help us potentially see in the dark. And the subjects would be able to push a button and a single photon of light would come through the machine into the dark phone booth and they would be able to say whether or not they could see. Mr. Vaziri was a subject in the trial in himself and describing his time spent in the phone booth, he said it was a disorienting space a kind of darkness that one does not typically experience. But they found enough people to give it a shot, and so the experiments went on for weeks and months, and there were more than 30,000 trials exposing human eyes to a single photon with the hopes of discovering whether or not we are wired to see the smallest possible emission of light. I'm surprised they found 30,000 subjects because they were required to sit in the dark for 40 minutes in this dark chamber to adapt themselves to the darkness before they could even press the button and the experiment could begin. But they did, and the scientists collated the data, and they discovered that the probability at which a human can register a photon is above chance. In other words, friends, there is always light. When the doctor asked his subjects to describe their experience of what it was like to decipher a single photon in a vast darkness, the volunteers offered various perceptions. One said, if you've ever looked at a dim star in the night sky and one second you see it, but in the next second you don't, it's kind of like that. Another one said, it's a feeling at the very threshold of your imagination, a feeling that there could have been something, but you aren't entirely sure. Another said, it's more like a feeling of seeing something rather than really seeing it. Our author concluded her chapter on this experiment by saying, we are finding words to reassure children who fear encroaching shadows and nighttime. It seems we have astonishing potential for vision in the darkest of places. Comfort, comfort my people. I wonder, the 51% that gave us the result that we can see a single photon, 
as humans. I wonder if that 51% had heard the story before, the story that is present in many faith traditions, the story that is certainly present in ours as we approach the birth of Christ and as we light the candles of the Advent, the story that is well-worn and we might want some scientific data to prove, but the story that goes something like this and has gone like this for thousands and thousands of years. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things came into being through him. And without him, not one thing, not one thing came into being. And what has come into being in him was life. And life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. Friends, it is good news when we hear it this way. It is good news when we hear it with more scientific data. But we have the astonishing potential to see light in even the darkest of places. So, while the presence of light may not always be evident in our lives and in the world around us, can I get an amen? <laughs> we can see it. And our innate ability to perceive it is ingrained within us. Remember those rods? So at times, we may only catch this fleeting glimpse. Maybe we imagined this flicker. And yet, through the faith that comes with the ages, through good news that has been told for a long, long time, we believe. Even as we navigate through the shadows that envelop our world, deep within our souls, our hearts, our bodies, the word is life. And it resonates reminding us of the Advent witness to a surprising hope. A light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. The glory of the Lord will be revealed. There is always light, and all flesh shall see it together. To God be the glory, time without end. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Covenant Presbyterian Church podcast. I invite you to visit our website, covpresatl.org. That's C-O-V-P-R-E-S-A-T-L.org. There you'll find current worship information, 
links to our live Sunday morning streaming service, and our full archive of recorded services. You'll also find out more about us and how to get in touch. I wish you well in these strange times. God is with us. Grace and peace to you.